Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, one of the things that I am really looking forward to about the TJ trip is that um, we are going to be going with a, another church, uh, Oakland Worship Center. And um, I, I don't know about you guys, but it's, it's always a, a pleasure, a thrill to be partnering up with another church. And this church we've been actually partnering up and they're going to be coming to our picnic in September. And so hopefully that you guys would sign up. Uh, last year, we, we waited until the last minute, right? Last minute. But uh, we would love to, actually Gordon would love to have people just sign up on August 21st and that's it. Okay, no more. Okay, we can't take any more because you know what? Everybody signed up. I think 27 is the maximum that we're going to be able to take. So Please uh, sign up for our TJ trip uh, 2022. Hey, good morning, uh, church. Uh, it is so good to be in person. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that I wasn't here last week. Um, I, I was actually um, in my house uh, passing a kidney stone. And I'm going to share a little bit about that during my sermon. But, oh my gosh, it was the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. But I just want to say, it is so good to be in person. I know that Pastor Wayne last week asked the question, is it better to worship together in person, or is it, is it better to, you know, view online? Now, you know, you, you could just answer that for yourself, but for me, uh, as I was watching online, it was so, I, I was missing my, my church family. So, hey, um, once again, um, I, I just want to say thank you for all the encouragements and all the kind of the, hey, are you okay, kind of text messages through this week. Anyways, before I begin, let me pray. Let, let me pray. Okay, guys, let's bow our heads and let me pray. Father God, I love the song that we sang this morning uh, about feeling the beat of your heart. And I know that, Lord, in order for us to do that, we need to disclose or, or shut away all the voices that, that is hammering in our lives and only listen and focus upon you. Father God, it is so good to be here together sitting right next to each other, hearing and sharing what's been happening in our lives, what concerns we have, sharing what we share like a family. And thank you, Lord, for being at the center of it all, the one who holds our lives together. And this morning, Father, we pray that would you speak and that we would listen. And just like that young boy Samuel, we would echo his request. Speak, O Lord, for your servants are here. And that we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, three weeks ago, Caitlin started off our sermon series by asking us this very question. Do we, tr do we treat our church like a hobby? Now, you know, I, I sat where Pastor Calvin is sitting back there, and I said to myself, man, what a bold question, right? Do we treat our church like a hobby? You know, I think uh, we, we owe God at least an honesty in answering that question. Now, if you haven't. And the answer is yes. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Yes, we all do treat the church like a hobby. And as I said back there, listening to um, Caitlin asking that question, all of a sudden God kind of gave me this verse in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. And I looked it up, and this is what God said to me three weeks ago. 
about this we have much to say. It, it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the world of righteousness, since he's like a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, trained by the constant practice of distinguish good from evil. Do you guys know that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him? Let me repeat that. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. But you see, when we treat God as like a hobby, our foundation is turned to sand because we rely on God less and less and less. Which makes us more vulnerable to the enemy to snatch us like a thief in the night. You see, rather than running to him and being in his presence, being spiritually disciplined, when we treat God or church as a hobby, we undermine the value that the church is the bride and the body of Jesus, which was purchased by his precious blood to be his people, to receive his power, and to enjoy his presence and to declare all the praises that he wants. You know, this morning as I was singing the first song, and what really spoke to me about it is that do I feel the heartbeat of God? Do I feel the heartbeat of God? And in order for you to feel the heartbeat of God, you need to shun away all the voices that is clamoring down in your life. Have you ever sat in your bed, totally quiet, and all of a sudden you start to hear the the, the sound of your own heartbeat? Only we could do that when we are just totally and immersed in the silence. And when we actually listen to what God is saying to us. And so today... As we continue on with our sermon series, Better Together, I would like to ask you guys another question. Then, then, who needs the church? Better yet, why is the church better together? What's the answer? What's the biblical answer? Well, the real answer is, I need a church. You need a church, and we all need the church. You know, I, I want to share something that's been a deep conviction of mine for a long time. You, you see, as you read the book of Acts and celebrate the fact that on the day of the Pentecost, about 3,000 and more, right? About, but first 3,000 came to know Jesus Christ. But today, but today, if you combine all the sub-Saharan Africa, South America, and Latin America, there's nearly a Pentecost every hour. But in the meanwhile, here, right here in the United States, we are closing 60 churches per week. 
Now, with all these kind of alarming statistics that the churches are facing, and this is a conviction that I have, is that I believe that the best days for the church are not behind us, but ahead of us. Let me repeat that. I believe the best days of the church is not behind us, but ahead of us. You see, quite often the churches do ministry from the past. We say things like, you know what, it was so much better in the old days. It was so much better in the past. We used to do it this way and it worked, but now it doesn't work. And we begin to reminisce about the yesteryears or the glory years. You know, in, in, in a Korean um, phrase, we have a phrase called latte. It's, yeah, it just sounds like the, the drink, the coffee drink, mocha latte, right? It, it sounds just like latte, but what it means is that when I was in the past, it used to be this way. That's what it means, latte. Okay, now you know a Korean word for today, right? Now, I believe, I believe that the best days for the church are not behind us, but ahead of us. And there are several reasons why I believe in this. You see, I believe that we're on a cusp of an opportunity because of what's happening in our culture for the church to become so needed and so relevant. And according to Dallas Willard, it's a book that we're reading, the staff are reading, Renovation of Heart. This is what Dallas Willard says. You know, it's really, really much worse situation outside the church than within. And just take a look. The daily news, the courts, law offices, community, family, educational, penal institutions. And you know what? I don't know if you guys ever watched the news or CNNs or YouTube or not. You know, there's a lot of shooting going on right now. And all these provide a constant outpouring of wrongness and wrongdoings that wells up from the malform of the human spirit, the mind, soul, the body, and the social context. But pretty much what Dallas Willis is saying, you know, it's, it's worse out there than in here. So then I'm going to ask you the question again, then why do we need the church? Well, the first reason why we need the church is because of his people. We need God's people. You see, every human being has some sort of a need to belong to a family, a group where they say, I I belong here. You see, a lot of us, all of us, we yearn for a community or a companionship. And the good old Bible says, or the good old Bible word that, that we sum up is the word fellowship. And that's exactly where we get this in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. And to the fellowship. Sociologically, people gravitated toward the groups. Groups that reflect our hobbies, value systems, culture, ethnicities. People in general love to gather in groups. Whether it's Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, some sort of a social clubs, people gravitated toward the groups. It's simply a basic needs that we all have. 
Ah, but there is a real reason why. There is a really, really, a very basic reason why. Because God created us with the need to have relationships, community, and to long for companionships. And I believe this is precisely where the church needs to come in and can and should excel at this. Now, if you turn your Bibles to Psalm 68, verse 6, Psalm 68, okay, verse 6, it says, God sets the solitary in the families. Now, if you have your own Bibles, Would you underline that? It's underlined in my Bible. I highlighted it. God sets the solitaries in families. Now, in other word, in other word, God's cure for isolations, loneliness, is to put people with his own people. And the church is the place where you want to come. And if you want to weep, somebody will come along and sit right next to you and just weep with you. Church is also a place where you're down and discouraged and when you need help, you'll be able to find the right kind of help as God brings the right kind of people. Two weeks ago, um, right after our 100th anniversary, I, I was in San Francisco having dinner with, a, with an old friend that who came from Hong Kong. And during the dinner time, I had to be rushed to the ER because there was this sharp pain I, I've never experienced this kind of pain in my life. I went to the uh, ER and they told me that I was passing kidney stones. Now, when I passed last Sunday, as I was listening to Pastor Wayne's sermon, it, it's, it was only this three millimeter, this little small piece of rock could cause so much pain. But I, I was in pain. You have no idea. Ask my wife. I was crying. I, I was crying. I, I, I clearly remember this. On Wednesday night, I think it was at 2 a.m., I was crying. I, I was dying. And my wife, I guess you know what, in her half asleep, she told me, be a man. <laughs> oh, man, I was so hurt. I, I, I was like, I, I was dying. I was crying. I was rolling on the floor. And my wife goes, be a man. Now, you know what? As the days prolonged, my pain just grew and grew and grew. And, and I felt so lonely and so pain. And, and I was going through all these. And all of a sudden, I received a call from John. <laughs> the conversation he and I had was pretty funny because he was hurting on the other side. And I was hurting on this side. But you know what? Something just clicked. As we were just kind of conversing about our pains. Because he was in pain, right? And I was in pain. And somehow we just kind of connected. And I believe that there is no other place, no other organization that duplicate the kind of accountable community that you will be able to find in the church. Listen, you know, when I struggle with an issue, I don't feel the freedom to go down to the city hall and pour out my heart to a judge. Judge says, why are you here? You know, I'm having some problem with my marriage, sir. Or go down to your local Y or go down to your local laundromat and just share with anybody, right? You see, my heart is to pour out my heart with God's family 
Because it works. And I do it because 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 22 commands it. You guys all know it, right? If one member body that suffers, all the member suffers. If one member is honored, all the member is rejoice over it. Now, do you think that happens in your church? I mean, your school? At your work? Or at a civic group? Fat chance. You guys remember the last time you got promoted at work? Just kind of reminisce to your, your, your time frame. Did everybody rejoice with you in your department? I bet you not. They may have said, oh, congratulations, but inside. I mean, it's really, really competitive out there, isn't there? And that's why I say the best days are ahead of us because even though we live in a very, very complex, busy world, it's a world in which technology is exponentially growing, right? It's moving fast. I just can't believe that, you know, now pretty soon that we don't have to go to the doctors anymore. We could actually do it by over metaverse, right? But you wouldn't think that because of the modes of communication that we have with internets that people are sensing lack of human touch. I mean, just take a look what happened during COVID. These past two years, two and a half years, look what happened during COVID. And this is what people are crying for. And I believe that this is what the church can provide. See, we don't want more emails or text messages or messages in the Facebooks. What we really, really want is to face-to-face, eye-to-eye, touch of a real community. You know, one of the strengths that CLC holds is this concept of fellowship. And, you know, we are going through just the rooms of the houses, right? And today, I have the luxury of, of giving you the kitchen. In most Asian American family, this is where most communication, this is where breaking of the bread happens. But let me tell you, fellowship is more than just breaking the bread together. It's the whole idea of loving one another, hosting one another, receiving one another, honoring one another, serving one another, instructing one another, forgiving one another, building up one another, encouraging and comforting one another, praying for one another, confessing our sins to one another, showing kindness to one another, sharing with one another, rejoicing with another, weeping with another, and restoring with another. You know, this week... um, it was 3 a.m. in the morning. I got up and looked at my email, and someone from our congregation lost his father. And I just sat there reading his email. And just, I just began to weep. God just, 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 it was pouring his heart. You see, all of this one another combines together, it paints a picture of the house of God who comes not only just to, into a building filled with customized programs, but a people who decides to lay down their lives 
to love one another and to serve one another. You see, I really believe the person who truly belongs to the Lord looks around, looks around for the needs. It looks around the opportunity to serve. You see, that's a part of the character of the person. You see, reputation and characters are two different things. Reputation is what you do when everybody's looking. But character is what you do when no one sees. But the truth of the matter is, God sees. God always sees what's happening in the church. Now, now there's some of you guys might say, you know what, Pastor Ben, you know, it's really, really difficult to love that person. There's some people in the church, man, that is so difficult. Well, let me just say with all of the shortcomings, all of the problems as people with all the baggages that bring it to the kitchen table. But you know what? Still that this is a pretty good place to be. And I can't imagine raising my families. Now my families are all, you know, grown up, but you know, I seriously, I can't imagine raising my family anywhere else besides the church. I can't imagine getting the solid, truthful, accountable counsel from anywhere but the church. And I can't imagine getting real encouragements from anybody else besides the church. So that's why we need the church because of God's people. The second reason why I believe that why we need the church is because we need God's principle. We need God's principle. We need a steady dose of the truth that are exposed to us at least once a week, but hopefully more than once a week. Now, some of you guys are getting that more than once a week. I know that you guys are getting, you know, you have to have your own fellowships, Bible studies, which is good. But if there is one place where the truth ought to be very, very distinctively and unambiguously heard, it's the church. It's this place. Because 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 says, this is what Paul says, the church of the living God is a pillar and the ground of the truth. You see, in another word, in a world cluttered with voices, cluttered with opinions of how we should live, what, what our values should be, how we should plan our lives, in the midst of all these voices and all these opinions, we need to hear that clarion call that cuts through all of them and it says, thus says the Lord. It's not what I believe, it's not what the majority of the community believes, but what the Lord says, thus says the Lord. We need God's principle. And no wonder in Acts chapter 2, this very chapter that we have based our sermon series upon, and the early apostles and disciples gave themselves to the apostles' teachings. And Caitlin talked about that, right? Being devoted. Be devoted to 
the doctrines, the teachings of the apostles. Now, these two reasons that I just gave you, right? Of God's people and God's principle, these two factors, these two characteristics of every living organism's, you know, every living organism have cells, right? It's comprised of cells. And if you guys are biology major or science majors, you guys know that cells need a couple things. Number one, they need each other. They need other cells to interact with. And number two, they need food. You see, when you give cells that, they just naturally reproduce. And so it is with the body of Jesus Christ. We need God's people and we need God's principle for us to grow spiritually and physically. So we need God's people. We need God's principle. And thirdly, because we need God's purpose. That's why we need the church. That's why doing church together is much better because of God's purpose. You know, I think without fail, every human beings that I have ever met longs to know the purpose and the meaning of life. That's why we're here. You know, have you ever talked to a person trying to evangelize? Seriously, basic question they all ask is that, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? Where am I going? Every purpose, every people that I've ever want, or met that want these deep questions to be answered. I mean, we would love to know because, you know, we're part of a, some great cause bigger than ourselves, which are, we are, right? And this is what the church should be. This is the greatest cause in all the world. Now, listen to me. If you are looking for some cause to get behind, you'll find no other greater cause than the forgiveness cause, the salvation cause, or getting out the gospel cause. Because this cause is greater than any, um, you know, philosophical cause, greater than any political cause, greater than any societal cause. To know that you are part of God's plan and purpose and what I called it, the, the family business. Now, if you remember in Philippians, Paul wrote to the Philippian church in chapter 1 verse 3 he says, I always thank God for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You know what? Um, I kind of want to think of the church as a family partnership or family business, God's business. You see, God's business is all about getting people to know him, getting people to heaven. You see, you and I have become the child of God, and now he enlists you in this cause, in the purpose, in the meaning that you are part of this family business. I mean, this is what motivated Jesus, isn't it? Like from a young child, he said to his mother, right? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? You see, Jesus was motivated by his family business. 
I mean, the family business motivated him all the way through his life. And I believe that that should be our motivation. That should be our purpose. That, that we should be all around caused to, to, caused around to, to this purpose. Why? Because it's the cause of God. Which was the cause of Christ. Which is the cause of the gospel. You see, our purpose is not to become big and strong and mighty and mega church. But the purpose of God's church on earth is to change one's life at a time through preaching the gospel. And if you could get one person as a Christian, you add another person, another person, another person, another person. Now soon, we have the multitude. And so the whole society was going to change because their hearts will begin to change. That's our purpose. That's our business. That's the reason why we need the body of Jesus Christ. And why doing the Father's business together is such a better thing. Pastor Kevin and I, we, we, we converse about, you know, lots of things. You know, they, they always give me a hard time about the Lakers and, and, and the Dodgers, but I, I remember the first time Pastor Kevin told me, you know, Pastor Ben, I, I get my greatest inspiration in the shower. And when I first heard that for the first time, I kind of giggled inside. I could just imagine Pastor Calvin washing his body and all of a sudden God speak to him. And I was like, man, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, then all of a sudden, um, I didn't take a shower for like, I think five or seven days. And I remember a Sunday night taking a shower for the first time. It felt so good. And all of a sudden God began to speak to me. Never happened in a shower. Now, I could give you a kind of a theological background why it's, 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 it's pretty good, but I'll, I'll tell a later time. But you know what? This, this is what God began to speak to me in the shower. Uh, on the day that I passed my stone, I was saying, hallelujah, right? Thank you, Lord. And all of a sudden, he began to speak to me and says, Ben, you belong to the greatest company on earth. Hey, Company? Ben, you belong to the greatest company on earth. First of all, we have a product that works universally, which is the gospel. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're in India or Indian Wells or Oakland or Auckland, New Zealand. I, by the way, I came up with that. Okay, guys. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Because it works in every day's life, those people who are receptive. So we have a product that is so universal. You know something else about our company that makes us really, really cool? We have the greatest benefit package. You know what a great benefit package we have? We have the forgiveness from the past package. We have meaning and purpose for the present package. We have peace of mind for the future package. 
And do you know what else is so special about our company? Man, we have offices worldwide. You can go anywhere on the face of the earth. You could be in the Amazon jungle. You could be at whatever. You could go everywhere on the face of the earth. Even in the most persecuted countries like North Korea. And you'll find some form of a church. Some group of God's people that meets everywhere right now. On the face of the planet. And finally, this is the best. We have the best retirement plan. You see, when after everything is over with, we have to face to face the fellowship with God. And that eternal reward will never stop. And that's why I believe that the church is not just a history. We have so much promises that we need to look for as we come together as God's people to learn about the God's principle and to enlarge what God has given us, the purpose of our life. And that's why I believe doing God's business, the church, is far better doing it together than doing it individually. People of God, you have no idea, as I sat in my bed watching you guys last Sunday, you have no idea the heart that was pouncing that I wanted to be with my family, this church family. And I pray for those of you guys who are online. You know what? Um, look, I was able to watch it and I was sick, right? And I know Pastor Wayne gave this, you know, sermon illustration about her sister in, 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 I forgot where, but great. But I really believe it's time for us to come together as body of Christ to do this family business together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the architect of this group called the church. It was your idea. It was your plan. And it was what Jesus came to do after atoning his purpose was to build a church upon his rock. And you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so we understand honestly that you don't do any work in this world apart from the church. This is how you work. You work through your people. We are your hands. We are your feet. We are your mouthpiece. We are the expression of God's upon this earth. And I believe that's why it's so better. It's so better that the church isn't over because we have each other and we have your truth. And when we do together, we discover the meaning and the purpose of our lives, which I think is the greatest cause in this world, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, so we need a sense of your presence that comes when we gather together like this. 
where we encourage to do it regularly. Thank you, Lord, for this church, this local body of expression. And it is so satisfying to be part of CLC. What a great family. And we pray that you will continue to have your hands on us as we kind of venture on. And as we move on, would you just guide us and protect us? And in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben.